Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. If you have a Bible, you can open to the book of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Of course, you can use your smartphone or if you're on your laptop, you want to look that up. And to get us started, I thought of a movie scenario where at least what I picture is kind of like the um, command post of an aircraft carrier, or we got an image that might help us uh, think of that. So this isn't a great image, but but you're in like some kind of a military command post. It could be you're someone, they're in the Oval Office and they're having a significant conversation because there is some kind of a threat going on and somebody who is in charge, like the president or a general or some high up person says something like this, ready? Take us to DEFCON 3, or what, right? Have you heard that term? Like, let's go to DEFCON to that thing. And, and so people go, take a death country. And there's always, maybe not always, it seems like there's somebody in the room that when we say go to DEFCON 3, there's somebody who goes, what does that mean? Or they have the guts to ask somebody, What's, what is happening? And somebody else will acknowledge, I don't know, we've never been here before. Can you picture that idea from a movie or a scenario? Yes? No? It feels like that right now. Anybody remember what it was like 10 days ago? Oh, it was like normal life. And now it seems really different. By the way, I found this meme uh, that actually had the word DEFCON in it. Can we put it up on the screen? It's right. Take us to DEFCON 5. It's Lysol time. I thought, yeah, that's it. A couple thoughts. This morning, I do not want to raise or heighten the DEFCON situation. I'm not going to try to make it, you know, more intense than it is. But I do think that it's appropriate to acknowledge, for most of us, we've not been here before. Yes, we've had difficult situations or stressful times or financial ups and downs. Most of us have done that. But this feels right now like kind of a new place. And we're probably going to be here for a few weeks. And so let me just give you just a few truths uh, to get us started. First of all, there is... uh, this kind of an idea of DEFCON and the intensity of the moment, uh, this is not new to humanity, okay? These things happen. I was thinking through the, the biblical narrative, and I'm sure in the Old Testament, in uh, the book of Exodus, when, and some of you may know the story, when Pharaoh told the Israelites that they were going to have to continue to make bricks, but they were no longer going to give them straw to make bricks. I'm sure it felt like for them, like DEFCON 3. Like, well, what? What? How? We can't, how? Right? There was somebody going, no way, how are we going to, there was an anxiety level went up. 
I'm also reasonably sure that when the disciples were from a not too far away watching Jesus die on the cross, even though he had told them that this was going to, I'll bet their anxiety level, their worry level, their how are we going to get through this level began to go off. Somebody was like, what's this? This DEFCON 3. What, what's it mean? I don't know, but it's going to be way different. Probably felt some of that after Jesus had risen from the grave and then he imparted power to the church and then he rose uh, into the sky in front of them, which I think would be super cool. Wow, this is amazing. Until they'd look at each other and go, you know, now what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? So it's part of human experience. We've had these moments before, probably most of us, unless we're very young, personally. I know when my mom passed away this last summer, everything felt very different and changed and difficult. I don't know that this, this is a DEFCON uh, moment, but over the past several months, my wife and I have become empty nesters, and there have been several times when we've thought, how does this, how does this work? So you probably have things like that in your life. Another important truth as we get started, <clears throat> there's not one time that I can think of in the Bible that God ever went on DEFCON anything. Can you hear this? Some of the things that we feel, the anxieties, the uncertainties that we have, God doesn't have them. God doesn't have them. If you're sitting next to somebody, just turn to the person and say, God doesn't have them. He's on a whole nother level of peace. I was looking up this morning in my God time. How do you know when some of us have more time now, you can do even more God time, more Bible time. So this morning I was thinking through, there are dozens of times in the Bible that God is referred to as the God of peace. Say peace. He's the God of peace. Also, there's a description in Galatians chapter 5, I think it is. It should come up on the screen with me. Galatians 5, 23, these are characteristics of the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is, let these sink in, right? This is, this is who God is. This is where God lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. By the way, none of these characteristics increase my anxiety level. It tends to bring us down. Love, joy, peace, forbearance. Another word for that is faithfulness. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the kind of characteristics that are just part of who God is. And yet, here we are in the midst of these interesting, <laughs> interesting days. So hold those thoughts. We're in, uh, we are taking a break from our series called Sent. And we're going to take at least a couple weeks and we're going to talk about Christ in times of crisis. And today, we're going to explore uh, in Acts chapter 8 an unsettling time where the disciples had to, I guess, figure out how to do life in the midst of kind of a new normal. 
And so let me give you the background in Acts 8. Jesus has come. He has served. He's been incredibly uh, powerful and miraculous. He's died on the cross for our sin. And he's risen and uh, now imparted into the church the same type of ministry that he was doing so that the ministry would keep on going. The religious leaders of Jesus' time thought that if they would kill Jesus, this whole Jesus thing, this whole Christianity thing would stop. It didn't work. But they're in a season now where the disciples and the followers are doing the same type of ministry that Jesus was doing. And so in this, at this point in the text, they're deciding, let's kill some of the Christians. And they think that will stop the ministry of God. And so they have just killed a remarkable Christian. The religious leaders have uh, killed a remarkable Christian named Stephen. And we'll pick it up in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and pulled them, I'm sorry, and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered... preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that City. So again, we're starting, and this is part one of a, of a at least a couple week talk on Christ in times of crisis. And I'm going to give you a couple ideas that I think will help us in these uncertain times. So before we do that, let me pray. Father, right now there's probably a lot of different emotions happening with the 100, 200, 300, 400 people that we're gathering here virtually. Some of us are kind of panicked. Some of us maybe are kind of mad because we're not at church. or Some of us are doing okay. But all of us are going to be going through this new situation. Even though it's temporary, we're going to be walking through some things uh, over the next days, probably weeks. So will you help this message lay a foundation for navigating these times well? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I've got two ideas from the text that will help us in uncertain times. The first one is this. You can write this uh, down on a piece of paper if you'd like to write this down. Of course, this uh, message, will, you'll be able to go back and revisit it online if you'd like. But I have some things you can write down. In uncertain times, 
a scattering happens. Just you can write down scattering. A scattering happens. This is just an observation from, was it verse 1? Right? On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were, there it is, here's this word, scattered. Looked it up in the original language. It means scattered. It's a verb. Pronounced something like diaspora. That. It's like that. That's diaspora. To scatter throughout, to disperse. And <laughs> put in parentheses there a little bit. It means to disperse, and it can imply into a foreign land. And just as a little side note, doesn't it feel like all of a sudden we're living in a foreign place? Like this is way different. This different, just different country. This is a different community. At least it feels that way. So this idea of being scattered. Now, my initial thoughts is this was not just this was not either a good thing or a bad thing. It just is kind of a thing. It just happened that scattering happened. But the more I thought about it, I landed on the general principle that this idea of scattering is not a good idea with God. And if you push it a little farther, scattering generally is associated with the enemy of our soul or the devil or evil. Scattering is generally associated not with God, but with, with evil. In Luke chapter 11, and if you look at the verses before, I think it's verse 21, 22, Jesus is teaching on the characteristics of Satan or the enemy, and he gets to verse 23 and he says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Jesus by nature is a gatherer, of people, of his people, and the enemy by nature likes to scatter people. It's not unlike, this is, um, I haven't had this thought before, but it's not unlike the shepherd, the good shepherd, you could refer probably to John chapter 10, the good shepherd gathers sheep, and when an enemy comes in, the flock runs away. I was, uh, the last time our small group met, by the way, keep meeting or connecting with your small group, you guys. And if you're curious about getting in a virtual group, contact keithatthevineyard.org or just go to care at the vineyard dot, click something at the vineyard.org and say, hey, I'm interested in a group. We'll make sure we get that information to Keith, different people. All right, get in a group. Um, where was I? That was this is a group commercial. Oh, we were in our group the last time our group met, and I forget how we got there, but I uh, explored a, a text that to me is really kind of striking. In Titus chapter 3.10, it says, warn a divisive person once. Again, we're talking about scattering. A divisive person, warn them once, and then warn them a second time, and after that, look how, look how harsh this is. It almost feels extreme. After that, if you, if, with a divisive person, warn them once, warn them twice, and if they don't stop, it says, have nothing to do with them. That is, feels so extreme from a biblical command. And I would argue some of it is because, because the end, division is that's so similar to scattering, and we're, that's not God's heart. 
but it's part of what the enemy does. I want to dwell just a little bit on how the enemy uh, increases uh, scattering. And I would submit to you it has to do with exaggeration. It has to do with exaggeration. Um, Jim, just pausing, get back to my notes. I'll get back to you in a second. All right, exaggeration. Let me go to a verse that if you've been around the church long or connected with uh, our teaching here, you may have heard me say this before. But if you go to Genesis chapter 3, it's one of the first descriptions we have of the enemy. And the enemy is going to divide or mess up the Garden of Eden. Going to divide humanity from God, that kind of thing. And in verse 1, it says, The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, now you got to really look at this, pay attention, pay attention. He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Folks, that is such a huge exaggeration. He is planting the thought of, oh my, you can't eat anything in the garden, which is so not reality. God had created the garden with this plethora of trees. I can't believe I, I use the word plethora. I'm not sure. Is that the way plethora? Like bunch of trees. There was only one tree you couldn't eat. And the enemy's focusing on that and trying to expand it into this huge exaggeration to get the, to get the woman off balance and to do some silly things. So the enemy is by nature an exaggerator. He's kind of saying, so panic, all the fruit, you can't eat any of the fruit, none. So if you haven't made a little note yet, you might just write down, um, uh, watch out for exaggeration. Does that make sense? Just write that down. In the midst of our present situation, watch out for exaggeration. Just write down, watch out for exaggeration. I want to focus on one that I think would be easy for us to fall into right now. And it's this. Are you ready? Remember two weeks ago oh, when everything was great? And now, see, that's an exaggeration. I just exaggerated. Everything was not great two weeks ago. Okay, just to be clear. But what it feels like now is this increase of volume of a voice that's saying everything has changed. Folks, everything has changed. Have you felt that? Everything, everything has changed. And I had this thought, uh, when was it? Tuesday or Wednesday? When I was having this feeling of, <laughs> everything's changed. And I was sitting out on my front porch doing Bible time as, this, as the sun was coming up. And in my brain, I was going, oh no, oh no. And I realized, folks, not everything has changed. My front porch was still my front porch. And I looked off, and uh, our dog, just so you know, our dog was... I didn't wake up in the morning and go to the front porch and realize our dog is gone. The dog is gone. Well, why is the dog gone? Because everything has changed. Also, we didn't have a cute, wonderful poodle as a dog. I still had my mutt-looking dog. It, it didn't change. By the way, I took a picture yesterday morning. There's my dog. 
it, it, I was just kind of thinking as I'm watching the dog do the same thing it does every morning. It's out scratching his back in the, in the grass. And I'm like, don't you know, Bailey, everything has changed. It's like Bailey's looking at me like nothing's changed. I'm good. I'm, everything's good. So just to be clear, folks, not everything has changed. I did not go to bed last night and look over and see some woman and go, who are you? And she, and she would say, well, I'm your new wife because everything's changed. <laughs> that would be, right? That's not. I didn't, I didn't uh, our 19-year-old who's now back from college because they closed that down, it was the same 19-year-old that we had and gave birth to. Well, I didn't give birth to. My wife did a great job 19 years ago. I don't have a new daughter we still have the same, in our house, I still have the same average coffee that I drink. Just, are you getting this? Nobody called me this week and said, hey, yeah, this is your new best friend. No, no, it was still my old best friend. Pause. Will you think with me for just a moment? Give an estimation of what percentage of your life is still exactly the same it was two or three weeks ago. Just thinking about this just this morning. A bunch of our life is still the same. So let me give you finish this point with some hints on navigating some change, right? Because some things are changing. So the first idea is filter information. You might want to write that down. Filter information. Just be aware when someone starts to talk a little crazy about how everything's changed and the world's coming to an end and, and they, they exaggerate, right? They exaggerate. What's the social distancing uh, guideline? Six feet, right? And you can see it in their eyes like you're about, you're 16 feet from them and they're already like, you don't come any closer. That's not, just to be clear, that is not, the, the, the directive is not stay 60 feet from everybody. Six feet. These people know what they're talking about. <laughs> I did get some groceries this week and, and uh, some vineyard folks said, hey, Pastor Mark, and I remember real quickly I worked through, but I remember thinking, can I say hi to you or can I not say hi to you in the store? Am I going to get arrested for saying hi to somebody? Folks, just don't let filter, don't let exaggeration take over. Filter the information that you have. Another idea, enjoy what is still normal. Mmm, coffee, friendship. Enjoy the things that are still so normal. By the way, some of your lives have changed almost none because you're still sitting at home online and watching Netflix. You, you net, two weeks ago before any of this started, you were, you Netflix binged regularly, and you're still doing it. So enjoy what is still normal. In case you haven't noticed, spring is coming. What would you normally do? Go for a walk. Begin to work outside. Uh, I don't know where to put this, uh, but folks, I do think that there's, there's good wisdom in uh, pausing either by yourself or with your family and consider what kind of projects are we going to take on? And don't just think of projects in the natural. 
some of us are going to have an opportunity over the next few weeks to start a spiritual project. Maybe you always wanted to read the entire uh, Bible. You wanted to listen through the, uh, you know, read one of the Gospels without stopping. You wanted to pray every, look, you wanted to pray every day for your children. How about now? Start some spiritual projects. The last uh, hint before we finish up this talk, uh, be a relatively peaceful voice. And I would encourage everybody, if you're connected to the vineyard, we need to be a reasonably peaceful voice because some people really need it. I do have some good news. Uh, I found out about World Panic Day. Did you know this was a day? I found this information. I was looking up World Panic. It's a copyright, copyrighted holiday invented by Thomas and Ruth Roy. And it's celebrated each year. This is not a new thing. They didn't, it's celebrated each year on March 9th. Now, here's the good news. World Panic Day is over. It's already gone. Whew, that's good to know, isn't it? Uh, last thing before we get done with this point. Some of you are thinking, you're never going to get done with this point. This is forever. I want to go back to live church because Pastor Mark just talks and talks and talks and talks. If your life is significantly challenged right now, we've set up uh, an email address at the church just called care at the vineyard.org. Don't be so prideful that you will not reach out and say, I'm emotionally struggling, or I've lost my job because of the coronavirus, and my finances are going to get wacky. Um, relationally, financially, emotionally, just go to care at the vineyard. Click the link. Let us know what's going on. And we're also going to have, we have some people going there and saying, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? So we want to be helpful. In uncertain times, a scattering happens. The only other thing I want to talk about is un in uncertain times, the ministry continues. And I feel like I've already got kind of transitioned into that. The ministry continues. In verse 4 of our text, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Ministry went on, continued to happen. In a uh, staff meeting, because the offices have remained open and we were doing a meeting planning uh, our service for the weekend, Cameron Clark, who was responsible for the meeting, by the way, some pictures of Cameron, just so you know, yeah, he still looks the same. No, everything's changed. No, it hasn't. Cameron still looks the same. Uh, he was leading out in this meeting and praying, and I just so appreciated his prayer. In fact, I should have been praying. Confession time, I should have been praying along with him. But he started praying, and I thought, oh, this is a great prayer for this, this time we're in. And so I just opened my laptop. I'm just writing some of the stuff that Cameron was praying. And it was like this. It was like, you're still good, saying to God. You're still good. We have more blessings than we can count. We still know about the greatest news ever been, that has ever been spoken. It was a great prayer of vision and purpose. And continuing as we lean in to figure out how to do ministry. On Thursday of this week, uh, one of the staff brought in a guy uh, named Mike. 
and um, came to my office. It was Pastor Jimmy uh, brought Mike to my office. He said, hey, Mark, you got a minute? And he introduced me to Mike, who had just become a Christian. They were just talking, and, and God, through Pastor Jimmy, had led this guy to Christ. Mike was so excited. He came in. He had his new Bible. He was super pumped. And, and you know what I didn't say? Oh, I'm so sorry, Mike. You can't become a Christian because COVID-19 is really what we're doing right now. I'm so sorry, but that your prayer to receive Jesus really didn't work because we have to keep social distance right now. That, is that? No way. And something probably worth considering, how many of us became Christians during an uncertain time in life? Waving your hand. And some of you right now in this uncertain time could be part of your testimony because you're not Christians le- yet. You're, you're, maybe you've been visiting the church, been coming to church. Maybe you're joining us. You don't even come to this church. Can I tell you right now, now is a great time. Any time is a great time to explore and give your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ who never changes, who is above these things, who can help us walk through things. He can forgive our sin. They're just like, it's a great time to do ministry and come to Jesus. So if you want to write something down, you can just write down, think ministry, right? In the midst of extra time, think ministry, friends. So proud of my wife who uh, got the word two days ago that she'll not be working. She may work a tiny bit, but basically the office where she works is uh, uh, closing. And when she got the news, it wasn't an hour later, she said, you know what? I think what I'm going to do is begin to make a plan for, and you know what she started to talk about? the ministry opportunities that she will have because she will have more time. She talked about, I guess I could connect with the neighbors that I don't connect with regularly. And she, it was just, and I, I was just looking at her thinking, gosh, you're great. And she, it's just a great example of in, the midst of in the midst of having extra time and when things are like this, think ministry, start a spiritual project. I already talked a little bit about that earlier in the talk. Bob posted several days ago on Facebook after they gave, put out the guideline to meet in, uh, to avoid gathering in groups over 10. Remember when that came out six days ago or whatever it was? <laughs> I snatched this Facebook post from, from Bob. This is creative. There it is. Looking for nine people who want to hang out. <laughs> That's a great mentality, Right? Make some adjustments and keep on moving forward. There we go. Huh. Uh, I'll finish with this. Vineyard family. The only challenge and risk that there is right now in our uh, situation 
Of course, there's the risk of some people uh, getting sick. All those are, are significant things and more people getting sick. But the other risk is that you and I would not just suffer from an illness, but we would suffer from spiritual drift. That we would scatter, the enemy might take us down, pick us off, or the other risk is that we might miss some of the opportunities that God is putting before us. To be very unique, very unique in the midst of DEFCON 3 or wherever we are, we should be living differently. So, in uncertain times, a scattering happens and the ministry continues. Uh, I'm going get to get ready to do a, a closing prayer. Pastor Steve's going to join us. So don't disconnect right after the closing prayer because we have some creative ways that you can keep connected. You can get personal prayer. And so Steve's going to walk through those things. But right now, let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.